，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。China has announced a fresh round of live fire drills near Taiwan. It will hold artillery exercises Thursday and Friday off the coast of Fuzhou City. Experts say the drills are likely to involve small-scale routine training, which is typically conducted quietly. But this time, a public announcement was made to send a political message. They say. Meanwhile, there's still no proof that a Chinese nuclear power submarine sank near the Taiwan Strait. The rumor is still spreading online. Defense analyst H. I. Sutton was one of the first to share reports of the missing sub, but he has since deleted his original post, saying he had seen no convincing evidence to support the rumor. Today marks 65 years since the start of the 823 artillery bombardment, a historic battle in which Taiwan fought off a communist invasion of its outlying islands. For the third time in her tenure, President Tsai Ing-wen headed to the battle's front line, Jingmen County, to pay tribute to fallen soldiers. Speaking in Jingmen, Tsai said that without that victory in 1958, the Taiwan that we know today. Would not exist. President Tsai Ing-wen visited Jinmen's Taiwu Mountain Cemetery on Wednesday to preside at a public memorial service. She was joined by Defense Minister Chou Guozhen, National Security Council Secretary General Wellington Koo, and KMT presidential candidate Hou Youyi, who attended in his capacity as new Taipei mayor. Tsai traded polite nods with Ho during their encounter, but she had much warmer greetings for the families of fallen soldiers. Following visits in 2019 and 2020, this is Tsai's third trip to Jinmen to commemorate the 823 artillery bombardment. After the service, she met the families of troops who fought off the PLA. She thanked the fallen soldiers for their sacrifice. On behalf of all our countrymen, I offer my greatest respects to those who gave their lives to defend the country. Driven by the idea of one for all and all for one, they beat back the enemy invaders and defended our homeland. They also gave us the opportunity to move down the path to democracy and freedom. If it were not for the victory at the 823 artillery bombardment, the Taiwan of today would not exist. Besides paying tribute, Tsai emphasized the need for defense reforms and improvements to self-defense. We are very committed to maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. To maintain peace, we must strengthen ourselves. Therefore, we must continue to push defense reforms, to promote autonomy in defense manufacturing, and to continuously improve our defense capabilities and resilience. In related news, sources say Tsai will visit Eswatini, Taiwan's last African ally, in the second half of September. Even in her last year in office, Tsai is keeping a tight diplomatic schedule. 
Honghai founder Terry Goh was also spotted in Jingmen County, marking the anniversary of the historic battle on his own. The tech tycoon went to see a famous rock inscribed with calligraphy written by former President Chiang Kai-shek. Speaking to reporters at the landmark, Goh expressed fears that another cross-strait conflict is on the horizon. Also on Wednesday, he launched three front-page newspaper ads to make an appeal for cross-strait peace. In those ads, he called for resuming talks with China on the basis of one China, different interpretations. Children gather around Terry Goh, who teaches them a few slogans. On the 65th anniversary of the 823 artillery bombardment, Goh returned to Jinmen County to a stone inscribed with the slogan, Never Forget. Former President Chiang Kai-shek wrote these four characters. Back then, every conscript wanted to come here to pay respects at the site of a victory. 53 years later, here I am again. Speaking to foreign media, Go expressed fears of a cross-strait war fast approaching. Taiwan and, 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 and China, like, you know, like, you know, war, war, war coming, okay? The feeling is a smile. Are you feeling right now? Are you feeling the same? Also on Wednesday, Go launched a TV commercial and front-page ads in three major newspapers. In the ads, he appealed for peace and the resumption of cross-strait dialogue under the framework of One China, Different Interpretations. KMT presidential candidate Ho Yi was also at Jinmen on Wednesday, attending a memorial for fallen soldiers. Ho shook hands with retired servicemen and took part in the ceremony alongside President Tsai Ing-wen. I came here to remember the sacrifices and dedication of the people of Jinmen during the 823 artillery bombardment. Cross-strait peace is what everyone strives for. I have always stressed, as long as there's stability in the Taiwan Strait, Taiwan will be safe and our people and everyone in the world will be at ease. Ho and Go did not cross paths during their time in Jinmen, but Ho said he would find another opportunity to consult with a tech tycoon. Amid growing demand for electricity and government plans to transition to green energy, Thai Power is turning to natural gas. The company recently launched six natural gas units at its power plant in Tongxiao, Taichung, which can generate 180,000 kilowatts of energy. The units can be brought online in just 10 minutes, meaning they can be used to stabilize the grid if there are any dips in wind or solar power generation. Inside the control room of Thai Power's Tungxiao power plant, bags of guai guai snacks abound. We can put the guai guai on all units to make the equipment behave. They can make sure that our power supply doesn't falter and that all circuits work well and operations go smoothly. The snacks are a good luck amulet believed to keep equipment working well, as their name in Chinese means well behaved. They are a must at this power plant, which has introduced new natural gas units. 
We're taking you inside the workings of Thai Power's Tongxiao Power Plant, which has added six small-scale units that can generate 30,000 kilowatts of electricity each. With just the press of a button, they can be activated in less than 10 minutes thanks to an engine adapted from an aircraft. They are units that can stabilize the grid and become a fighting force that can rescue the power supply when needed. If, for example, our solar energy decreases or wind power energy decreases, coal-fired power plants or nuclear power plants won't be able to respond in time. That's why we'll have to supplement that with these gas-fired units, which can be brought online or offline very rapidly. These units started operations in May, feeding a total of 180,000 kilowatts of electricity into the grid. And the speed at which they can reach full power is on par with the fastest hydraulic units. The power plant has become a prime example of how Thai power can transition from coal to natural gas. In 2022, we generated 15 billion kilowatt hours more than in 2018. At the same time, our coal-fired units in our Taichung plant reduced their power generation by more than 10 billion kilowatt hours. So simply speaking, our Tongxiao power plant produces more electricity thanks to natural gas and has reduced coal use. Thai Power says its new units can be a useful asset in Taiwan's transition to green energy, while ensuring the stability of Taiwan's grid, especially in the peak usage summer months. A Shinju department store has partnered with a charity to create a reading exhibition for children. The ambitious project combines interactive games, events and literature-themed exhibits designed to make a bookworm of any child. Experts say the games are a great educational resource as well as an inspiration to dive into the fascinating world of reading. The exhibition runs until September 10th. These kids smile for the camera as they shout, it's fun. The source of their glee? These classic storybooks, part of an interactive exhibition that's attracted a crowd young and old. <laughs> if you tap the images on the wall with a pen, you can hear the sounds of characters from the book. These interactive exhibits make reading irresistible. The puzzles are very intricate. I want one myself. And there are experiences to take part in, like you can take your shoes off and feel things with your feet. These are very new and fun for children. A charity has created this story party, full of games, reading opportunities and imagination. The exhibition continues until September 10th, offering visitors many different angles on the joy of reading. Our main hope is that these classic storybooks and the 3D recreation and a combination of reading with games and animations and so on will give children more understanding of reading and that this experience with their parents will make them fall in love with reading. The various game zones incorporate learning skills for children at different stages of development with sensory and cognitive stimulation and even plenty of nourishment for a budding sense of humor. If your little one has any interest in books at all, they'll come away from this show with a renewed zest for story time. Japan says that starting Thursday, it will discharge radioactive wastewater from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant 
into the Pacific Ocean. To assess the impact on Taiwan, the Atomic Energy Council and the Marine Meteorology Center ran simulations based on historical patterns of ocean currents. They estimate that elevated levels of tritium, a radioactive material, will appear near Taiwan at two points in time, about one to two years from now, as well as four years from now. But even so, these levels will meet international safety standards, according to Taiwan authorities. Assuming that nothing unexpected happens, the amount that's discharged tomorrow will be similar to the figure previously provided to us. So the outcome should align with the pattern seen over the past 10 years. The concentrations we saw in the simulation were all below international safety standards. Radioactivity levels are expected to stay within safe levels, but even so, the Atomic Energy Council and FDA have established a testing protocol for tritium. Last year, all 25 of 25 Japanese seafood samples passed inspection. This year, Taiwan plans to test 100 samples. 27 have already been tested and passed. The other 73 tests will be conducted after wastewater discharge begins to allow a before and after comparison. A new government survey has shed light on incomes in Taiwan and revealed a new record average for annual income last year, 700,000 NT. That rise in average income holds across the board for different age groups. Experts say steady increases to the basic income rate have been a driver of salary increases. The highest earning industries continue to be traditional jobs for life, such as education, the military and civil service, finance and insurance. But as higher education becomes more and more the norm, the survey also revealed that vocational college grads earn, on average, more than university alumni. Some analysts are saying that the value of a bachelor's degree is no longer what it once was. A survey by the Directorate General of Budget, Accounting and Statistics found that the average Taiwanese annual income for 2022 was 700,000 NT, a new record high. There were also new records set for incomes in all different age brackets. For under 30s, 535,000 NT a year, or 44,000 NT a month. The highest earning age group is 45 to 54 year olds at more than 900,000 NT a year. People aged 45 to 54 are probably all at managerial levels or above. People under 30 haven't reached that high, but they're probably reaching 450,000 NT. The median disposable income varies by industry. The highest disposable incomes are commanded by those in public administration and national defense, with 816,000 NT a year on average. After that, the top industries are finance and insurance, real estate and educational services. The basic income has gone up for seven years in a row, which has caused salaries to become more competitive. There are higher salaries in finance and in certain publicly owned enterprises, which have some of the characteristics of oligopolies. So indeed, there's still the job security of the iron rice bowl, military, civil service and education jobs, and the golden rice bowl of finance. So which qualifications pay off? 
Well, university graduates have a median income of 536,000 NT, less than the graduates of vocational colleges at 567,000 NT. They have technical skills that university grads don't. Perhaps it's because the skills are rare. If you learn it well, it can be very beneficial in the job search all round. For example, they have to work without aircon, so it's hard work and the salary is good, but many people might think it's too tough and wouldn't be willing to do it. We're seeing a depreciation in the value of educational achievements. It certainly may be that some vocational college students with specialized skills will earn higher salaries than university graduates. But there is a clear difference in the starting salaries offered to masters and PhD holders. As higher education has become almost universal in Taiwan, the cachet of a university degree has fallen. Some say it's the new high school. Experts suggest workers pursue advanced studies and sharpen the skills in the free time if they want leverage for the next salary rise. The Michelin Guide has released its latest list of bib gourmand restaurants in Taiwan, featuring 139 eateries around the island. The award is given to restaurants that offer high-quality dining experiences at affordable prices. This year, 26 newcomers made the cut. They include an oyster fritter shop in Tainan, a hand-pulled noodle restaurant in Taichung, and a restaurant serving the freshest catch in Taipei. A golden brown horsehead tilefish is brought to the table, emanating a mouth-watering aroma. Then there's this silky chicken soup infused with the sweetness of 10 abalones. These dishes have earned this restaurant a bib gourmand. The fish goes in the wok, sending hot oil bubbling around it. It's blasted on high to preserve its shape, then it's shallow fried nice and slow for a tender bite. Over in the steamer, a red mouth grouper is ready for garnishing. A splash of hot oil releases a fragrant aroma. I'm very happy to have been awarded a bib gourmand. A reporter called me up and that's how I found out. We go to Geelong's fish market at night to buy the freshest catch. Fish is the soul of our restaurant. Over in Tainan, fresh oysters are the star of this crispy fritter. Each bite bursts with the flavor of the sea. The plump oysters can also be enjoyed over noodles. The restaurant owner raised the shellfish herself. I just wanted to promote our homegrown oysters. I didn't think I would earn this honor. I'm really happy. In Taichung, this 50-year-old hand-rolled noodle shop has also joined the list. The chef pulls at the dough with all his might so that they remain springy while cooking. It's a technique learned from his father. I have to use my whole body. If I were to use my hands only, I'd get injured. Getting on the Bib Gourmand list means I won't be sleeping at all. But also that we'll try even harder to get better. This year, 139 Taiwan restaurants earned the Bib Gourmand. Tainan had the most newcomers on the list. For the first time, honors went to two Western-style dessert shops. The eateries are sure to attract a fresh wave of foodies in pursuit of the best bites. A five-star hotel in Taidong is doing all it can to support local farmers. Its in-house ice cream shop uses all local ingredients and offers some flavors that you've never seen before. How about a sweet corn cucumber oolong flavor ice? They also do home deliveries of local Taidong produce to guest houses. We spoke to the ice cream shop expert in charge, 
to find out where the inspiration for her unique flavors come from. Pieces of pineapple are added to a blender with water, and in no time at all, they're mixed into a liquid. Meanwhile, on a counter, another cook is cutting sweet corn. It's a normal prep task for a kitchen, but more surprising when you know it's for an ice cream recipe. The cucumber ice cream, or the adamoya ice cream, or the green matcha ice cream, or the dragon fruit ice cream, they're all super popular. You can find more common ingredients like mango, strawberry, and azuki bean alongside oolong tea, soy milk, and cucumber. The store's owner, Pan Guilan, says the idea came from her dad's work at the local farmers association, plus her own love for fruit ice cream. It's a win for farmers and a win for her sweet tooth. We started by selling the small farmers' vegetables and fruit, and we sent all the boxes the customers wanted to their homes, but produce ripens very fast. So we started making sweet treats, and then we thought, well, people love ice cream. Pan also says she wants to make fresh local produce into excellent ices, so that visitors go home with a great impression of not just their hotel, but also the whole of Taidong, and plan to come back again soon. The boys and girls teams of an Elan elementary school have won gold at the Poseidon International Basketball Tournament in Bulgaria. The two teams took titles in the under-13 division, playing against teams from several European countries. Their school, Nanao Elementary School, is a basketball powerhouse that has won eight international titles so far. Their coaches say that competing abroad lets them learn from different styles of play. Posing for a photo with their trophies, the players hold up Taiwan's national flag. Earlier this month, two basketball teams from Elan's Nanao Elementary School traveled to Bulgaria to play in the Poseidon International Basketball Tournament. Both the boys' team and the girls' team won gold in the U13 division. Though many of them were shorter than their rivals, the Elan school children came out on top with a strong rapport and quick reflexes. Last year, they saw our teams playing and they were amazed. They were surprised that, despite not being especially tall, our players were very agile and fast. So the Bulgarian Basketball Committee contacted our team leader and asked whether we'd be interested in taking part in the competition. All the children on the teams are of Atayal heritage. Thanks to their talent and athleticism, it's not the first time they won an international title. They have a total of eight trophies, including from tournaments in Hungary and Finland. The coaching style is different in every country, so this was a good opportunity for us to learn from them. Their execution of certain strategies was superior to ours. Our kids tend to have a more freestyle playing style. For these young players, competing abroad isn't just a chance to collect titles, but also a chance to learn skills and tactics for improving their game.